Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Amen. You may be seated. What a amazing, strong, intense presence of God is here today for so many reasons. I believe that so much. I feel it so strong that it almost feels like I'm not able to talk, you know, and you can't get your breath sometimes because the spirit is so strong. And I just said out of my mouth over there, Lord, this is your mouth today. This is your body. This is, I'm your temple. You do whatever you want to do. Maybe he just wants me to stand here and go, (laughs) maybe I'll be like uh, the apostle Peter's shadow. All I have to do is breathe and God starts doing something. Um, You know, I do feel a lot of, I'm going to be talking about dysfunctions today, but you know, I think a lot of dysfunctions were bred in the closed rooms of COVID, during COVID. I really, I know that. I've never seen so much emerge, and I just had to say that. But Isaiah 55 and 8 says, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. My topic today is who put the fun in dysfunction and want us to bow our heads and pray, amen? Thank you today, God. Thank you today, Lord, that you want us to pursue the life, the functional life in Christ. Lord, that life is the the word of God that's a lamp unto our feet, a light to our path. Lord, we want to hide it in our heart and not sin, that I might not sin against God, is what your word says, that I might not. Lord, and you sent Jesus, you said he, we are made the righteousness of God in Christ. We're made that, we're made to be that. That's how you want us to function in this life. And Lord, may our ears be open today. May our eyes be open. Let us use the spiritual senses that you have given us today. Those watching online, Lord, let them just sit up and hear what thus saith the Lord today about us. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. So Isaiah actually started chapter 55 saying, Ho, everyone, ho, everyone. Everyone, listen up, listen up. So everybody today, I'm saying that this is not just for one group or another. Although on down in that chapter, he does specifically talk about sinners, but he he talks about all of us. You know, ho, everyone, come listen to what I have to say. In verse 6, he said, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. That should be a, that word while should be an astounding word if you don't know Jesus today. Seek the Lord while he may be found. How long is that going to last? How long is he going to let his spirit tarry in us and speak to us and convict us? How long? When are are we going to turn aside from that? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Is there coming a time when we won't be able to call out and he won't be near? Well, the, the prophet is saying here, let's do it. Let's do it. And let the wicked forsake his ways. God will have mercy on us and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. How many have ever been pardoned for sin? Today. Today. Yeah, come on, say it. 
Today, you've been pardoned for sin. You're like, no, that was 10 years ago. No, no, not me. No, we all have sinned and come short. We always come short. Now, I'm 5'4", but that's not talking about your height. We all come short of the glory of God. So the Apostle Paul in Romans 1, again, will move over. And he, in chapter 1, which no one in the world can explain Romans 1, like Pastor Jeffrey Smith. How many have ever heard that teaching? Oh, my goodness, it's so good that the undeniable God is put in us. He puts himself in us somewhere. And that whole first chapter is talking about the elite of that day, of Paul's days. We're talking about the philosophers, the, the uh, high-minded people, those that studied the stars and astrology and professors. You know, I, when I think of professors, I do have to think of my college days. And, you know, they profess something, but that doesn't necessarily mean what they're professing is true, right? Because I had a lot of professors that didn't profess that God was real or that Jesus was real. So always remember, if you call yourself a professor, I, I was like, I'm a declarer. I'm not a professor. So in chapter 1, he's talking basically about those people and the horrible thing that even though God, they knew God, Paul said. He didn't mean relationally, but he said, even though they knew God, they failed to recognize him, to honor him, to obey him. They, they just ignored him. And you know, he won't be ignored for long. You know, he, if, you, if you ignore the Lord and you continue to ignore the Lord and you say, I'll wait till I graduate, I'll wait till college is over, I'll wait till I have children. Sometimes you don't get to wait because sometimes you're not even here anymore. Because life is over and you didn't have that chance. So today is about loving God and understanding how we can all live very dysfunctionally, even as Christians. Would you say amen? amen. Yes, because again, functioning, we're talking about living by the word of God. And Paul went on to say they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. I don't get this. Into birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. I mean, that, I don't get that part. He gave them also up. He gave them up. He was like, I'm giving them up to their uncleanness, to their lust. They can dishonor their own bodies. Let's give them up. That's what's happening in our world. This is the perilous times that you read about when men will be lovers of their own self. They love themselves more than they love God. They acknowledge what they want more than they acknowledge God. So we can really become calloused against God, which means removing ourselves from his word. You know, if your devotion every day is Instagram, you know, then Instagram can become the light unto your feet and the, and the path that you walk. You know, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Kudos to Franco for saying he doesn't post that much. I mean, if you're going to post something, make something positive is all I can say. All right. So that's what we're talking about today. People are messed up. We're all messed up to some degree. There's no one in this building that is not dysfunctional in some area of your life. So who put the fun in dysfunctional? Now we're talking about dysfunction. We're not talking about disorder. No, those are two different things. One's a pancake and one's like a waffle. And they might have some of the same ingredients in them, 
but they're different. Wouldn't you say that? So Merriam-Webster describes dysfunction. Okay, here's Merriam-Webster's dysfunctional definition of dysfunction, okay? Abnormal or unhealthy interpersonal behavior or interaction within a group or family. Now, I'm sorry, but I don't need anybody to help me be dysfunctional. <laughs> I do a great job all by myself. <laughs> anyway, if there was somebody involved in my dysfunctionality, then they'd call me a victim. And then I just keep right on dysfunctioning. And yes, dysfunctioning is a word. I looked it up. It is the present participle verb, okay? Just for you who are taking thorough notes. So John the Baptist, you know what? He really spent his whole life talking about the functional life that is in Christ. That was his whole message, really. And Isaiah, the reason I mentioned Isaiah, Isaiah, hundreds of years before John the Baptist arrived, prophesied exactly the words that came out of John the Baptist. Isn't that incredible? That is what is different about God's word. It agrees with itself. It, you have two or three witnesses that confirm the same thing that could be thousands of years apart. And that's our God that's consistent. He is never changing. He's always the same. His word will not change. His functioning will not change. He wants us to live according to his word and not change it and not move from it. And so John the Baptist in Isaiah 40, uh, Isaiah prophesied what John the Baptist was going to say. So I'll read that. And it says, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Can you imagine hundreds of years before, and I've done this myself, prophecy is a very delicate thing, the gift of prophecy and being able to speak for God about something that has not yet occurred. I've done that before and it's scary because our solical person is never shut down when God is speaking to us. Don't ever think your solical man just shuts off and you're just hearing from the pure voice of God. No, your solical person is fighting against that and reasoning and coming up with maybe a better way to say it and all those things. So the whole word of God, can you imagine, was written that way by people that were listening to the word of God and wanting to be correct and proper. And Isaiah is a great example because it's the same exact words that John came out of the wilderness saying, the voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare the way, the way, the functioning, the, the word. Jesus is the way, the word, the functioning that we need in our life. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight, make straight in the desert a highway for God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain and now we have confirmation. Now that was, that was Isaiah. So John in Luke and every one of the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but in Luke three and three and five, it says he went, speaking of John the Baptist, he went into all the region around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. That's what the word says, straight is the way. 
Straight is the way. Make straight the path. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked shall be made straight and the rough way smooth. And all humanity, the word says, will see salvation. Don't wonder about that little person that might be on a remote island and they don't have anybody. Yes, they will see salvation of God because God put himself in all of us. This is a powerful explanation of how to have a functional life. Just this couple of verses here and we want to talk about that we could without a doubt read a hundred hundreds honestly of Old Testament examples of how people failed to live the life failed to function according to God's word that were definitely dysfunctional because we're talking about behavior behavior that's that's what it's all about it's not what you know but it's what you do for saying that you are a child of God. It's important what we do. It's the only way we can show others and testify to others about Jesus. We know how confusing it is to talk one way, but people see another behavior. So it is about our functionality and functioning by the word of God. Amen. So who put the fun in dysfunction? Who do you think? Who do you think? Where do you think it started? You preached about it. You preached about it. Started, it started with the old devil. That's who it started with. I mean, we blame everything on him. Some of it's our fault. You know that. But we don't need generations. No. I can't say way back. No. I mean, this was just the life was just going. We don't need generations to mess stuff up. Adam and Eve messed it up. Was it fun? Was it fun? Who's going to say yes? You can shake your head yes. It was fun. The Bible even says it was. Eve said it was good, and she offered it to Adam, and he liked it, and his name wasn't Mikey. He liked it. It is an old joke. If you laughed, you got to be over what? Okay. Yeah. Hey, y'all give me a break. This is my last time, I think, to preach before I turn 70, so I'm going to milk it. Yeah. Unless, of course, God needs me to preach between now and July 18th, which I'll do it, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. Uh, but the Bible says, listen, listen to these descriptive fun words. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate and gave to her husband and he ate. You think that was fun? Yeah. Then how fun did, was it when they got kicked out of the garden? Well, obviously they did not say, we're very sorry. From now on, this family is going to be functional. We are going to live by God's word. No, no, they didn't do that at all. She gave birth to a son Cain, the first baby that ever lived was a murderer, okay? They were just messing stuff up right from the get-go. Cain's name means spear. What do you do with a spear? You kill somebody, right? She named her firstborn son Spear, which I think was a mistake. And then her second son's name is Vapor. Like, you're not going to be here long, buddy. So I'm just saying, parents, do your research before you start naming your kids, okay? 
so that curiosity, really, we all have that curiosity. Even in Hebrews, the Bible says Moses, when he had come of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy, everybody say enjoy, the pleasures of sin for a season. Say fun. Dysfunctional. You getting it? So let's, I could go on and on, but let's move down about 1,700 years. We know that the earth was destroyed because of dysfunctional behavior. A flood wiped out the whole earth. The Bible says people were marrying, living in marriage. It's sexually perverted. And so Noah built the ark. His family escaped. And thank God for that. But the world was destroyed because of dysfunctionality. People refusing to live by God's word. Now, let's move on down to Lot. Remember Lot? Remember where he loved to live? I mean, something's up with that. He loved Sodom and Gomorrah. What was Sodom and Gomorrah? It was a sexually perverted community. It's like living in the nudist colony, maybe. I don't know. We used to live close to one. I never peeked in or nothing, so I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I knew somebody that worked there, and they were like, oh, no, you do not want but uh, that was always weird to drive by and see that big wall. And I'm like, Lord, make it higher. Just close it off. But Lot, Lot and his family, because there was so much saturation of perversion, God sent an angel to destroy the whole city. So they fled that city of Sodom and Gomorrah, and it was ablaze with fire. And God said, don't even turn around and look back. Man, just keep Run and get out of Dodge. And we know that Sarah, that his wife, Lot's wife, her name's not Sarah, whatever her name is. But she, the Bible says she looked around. She, she had, you know, like, oh, I'm going to miss all that. You know, I think that's where she was. And she turned into the first, like, Morton salt statue that, that ever was. And, and so they escaped and you know what? Lot's daughters carried that sexual perversion with them. And when they got to a certain place to rest, the girl said, let's get daddy drunk and let's have a relation with daddy so that we can have children. And that's exactly what they did. Did you know the Moabites, you've heard of them, the Moabites and the Ammonites, they came from Lot's two daughters. One birthed what Moab, who would be the leader of the Moabites, and one birthed Ammon, who would be the leader of the Ammonites. And they were enemies of God. I mean, it was just birthed out of perversion. It's disgusting, right? And so uh, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Mosquito Bites, y'all have heard that story before. <laughs> so if you think every Bible hero was that called that because they were totally functional and just lived by God's word, you're wrong. Case in point, Abraham lied like a dog and said his wife was his sister because he didn't want another man, the king of Emelik, to want his wife. So he's, he said, you're my sister. And she's like, I don't want your sister with me. And he said, no, today you're my sister. And so guess what? It runs in the family. The son of Abraham did the same thing. 
he lied and said his wife was his sister. These men must be like really controlling and protective. I don't know what. They might like you. Act like you're my family member. Don't act like we're together. You know, people, it's dysfunctional. I'm talking about, we're talking about dysfunctionality. So Abraham, Isaac, I mean, these are the, we're the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob, now he didn't have to lie about his wife being his sister. Does anybody get that joke? Yeah, okay. She, the Bible says she wasn't attractive, so he didn't have to lie about that. It's like, come on, honey, just hang all over me. Yeah, let's just, doesn't matter, yeah. Nobody's going to care, right? But we know what Jacob did. He glued animal hair on his, he was a deceiver. He glued animal hair on his arms and went in acting like he was his brother Esau. And he got the blessing from his father, Isaac, that should have been Esau's. So he was very dysfunctional. I mean, to glue animal hair like all over you, if you've ever done that, that's, I would say that's dysfunctional. You should set up a session. I'm a counselor. Uh, David, I'll just say one word, Bathsheba. Samson, one word, Delilah. Solomon, I have to say a thousand words for that one. <laughs> fun, fun. So let's get out of the Old Testament so we can hurry on. We've got things to do. I'll just mention one group in the Old Testament, really people we should look up to so highly, the descendants of Israel, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Did you know that they hated each other? They were God's chosen people with purpose and destiny, but the Pharisees took their own ways and they lived in their own community and they were the influence of the community. You might say the, the Pharisees, the people would come to the Pharisee leaders and they could influence the community, the governor, the mayor, the, the leaders of that day. That's what they were. Now the Sadducees, they were the people that would only read the Torah, they would not speak orally the word of God. They didn't speak it. They didn't believe in it. And guess what else the Sadducees didn't do? They didn't believe in angels, devils, the resurrection, spiritual things, the, uh, the afterlife. And that is why they are Sadducee. <laughs> I'm just so corny today. I know it. <laughs> but you like it. Yeah. Makes the Bible fun. And I'm not even going to talk about all 12 disciples, but you name one disciple that was functional. I'll give you some money because there's not any. So Isaiah and John the Baptist really, to be serious, came proclaiming there's one functional way to live. The way, the truth, the life. Jesus Christ, he is that way to functionality. Amen. And he said four things I think are interesting to those of us that have fallen victims to dysfunctionality in life, which is really veering away from God's plan for us in his word. They said, A, every, they didn't say A, A is my first point. Yeah, I, I'm just reading off my notes. <laughs> Number one, every valley shall be filled. Every valley shall be filled. Now, I want you to imagine 
a straight line, a straight line. So in our life, you know, some people, they get discouraged and they sin and they, they go, go down, you know. They get in a valley. Every valley shall be filled, the Bible says. God has no desire for his children to live below, downcast, or in the valley. By his spirit, when we live by the word, he brings us up, up where we should be. Secondly, every mountain and hill will be made lower. You imagine in that straight line? So the valley is filled, the mountain is made low. We're talking about straight living here. Every mountain's made low. You know, God has no big eyes and little U's in his kingdom. So every mountain, when we are functioning by the word of God, we get brought down a few notches, some of us, you know, that pride in us. You know, we get, we get brought down, things we shouldn't be thinking more highly of ourselves, or exalting against the knowledge of God. But we are all seated in heavenly places with Christ. So there's no person above. Yeah, you're seated in heavenly places, but I'm on the top row. You know, there's not anything like that with God. Three, the crooked ways are made straight. So just imagining straightening out that crooked line. God's spirit will not always strive with man. we got to straighten up our dysfunction. Straighten up crooked ways of living, crooked ways of dealing with people, crooked ways of, of getting a promotion. There's a lot of things you can do that are crooked, and God wants it to be straight. And fourthly, the rough ways made smooth. So let go today of thinking you have to look out for number one. You know, some people, that's their mantra inside. Guess what? You're number two. You're not number one. Don't be so rough and tough. Don't get the whatever it takes. I'll get that promotion. Don't get the revenge because that's rough. And this passage says Jesus will make the rough places smooth. Amen? Doesn't smooth sound better than rough? All right, the word says, let the same mind be in you that's in Christ. You can function by God's word. We're talking about his word. The word will not return void. Listen, you, you, the mistake you made last night, yes, God's forgiven it, but what you've done has consequences. Everything in our life, even Christians, we don't, we don't get omission of consequences when we fall and fail God. He forgives us completely, but, and he, he forgets it, but we have to live with the consequences of it. So God's word, today God's word, it will either convince your conscience and soften your heart, or it will sear your conscience and harden your heart. That's the word of God. That is what is in the word of God. So there was a woman sitting by a lake, and a guy passed by and he saw she was holding a turtle and that there was a, a metal cage down by the park bench with three turtles in it. And as he looked closer, he couldn't figure out what is that woman doing with those turtles? And so he walked over and he said, at the risk of sounding nosy, could you just explain to me what you're doing? And she said, oh, it's something I come here and spend a couple hours every Sunday and I, I've got this brush and I'm brushing the scum and the algae off these turtles' show, uh, shells. She said, it takes a while. And the guy said, that seems so silly. 
Why, why would you do that? Well, she said the scum and the algae build up over time. And over time, then the sun can't come through and put vitamin D and help the shells of these turtles. And over time, it weighs the turtle down. It slows them down. Just She went on just telling over and over the things that was doing. And even yet, he said, that's ridiculous. There's so many turtles around the world. What a stupid thing. I can't imagine. And she said, well, if this little turtle could talk, he'd tell you I just made all the difference in the world in his life. And that's what God wants to do today. He wants to make all the difference in the world. He wants to brush off the scum, brush off the algae. We have allowed it to collect over time on us. It slows us down. It keeps us from the light of God's word, shining into our hearts, shining into our lives. You know, when you, you get weighed down with things, you lose hearing the convicting voice of God. You know, you can get so weighed down that you ignore it. You hear it at first, but then eventually you just keep on with your dysfunctional behavior, ignoring, but it's time. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. When is that? I say it is right now. I say it's now. You can make that decision today if you don't know Jesus. And we even have a t-shirt that says, I've decided to help you. No turning back. Turn from your dysfunctional ways. All of us, we all know exactly what our area of, of dysfunctionality is that we need to sharpen up. We need to straighten up. We need to get that crooked thing straight. We need to get that rough place in our talk, in our rough life. We need to straighten it out in the Lord today. Those lies that you listen to from the enemy, they are nothing but there to entomb you and they're there to chain you so that you cannot have the liberation and the free access to the voice of God. And most Christians don't really want total freedom, I've realized, from their dysfunctions. Because it means taking up your bed and walking away. Forsaking those excuses that kept you laying on that mat and just barely surviving on the crumbs of somebody else. You think for a minute while the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, why do I constantly speak harsh to the ones I love the most? I can answer that because we love us more. So, yeah, it, I'm saying ouch. I'm sorry, honey, but when I talk to you the wrong way, I don't ever do that. I'm just saying that because I'm preaching this message. <laughs> the functional life in Jesus is Jesus first, others second, and then you might say, yeah, but what about me? Maybe if you tried it, you might find out preferring others actually gives you more reward than just focusing on you and life being about you and things being about you. It's so true. <laughs> Try it. Why do I dwell on thoughts that take me down a road that fills the lustful desires in me? I can answer that one too. We love ourselves more. And that is dysfunctional. Why do I give in to the crowds or like someone's post when I should avoid it only to feel cheap and used afterwards? Why do I repeat the same behaviors I know are destroying me and those I love? 
So these are just some questions you can ask yourself uh, as the musicians come. You know, you can say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome to arrest me today. Arrest me right now. Just like the lady with the turtles, you know. She set those turtles up, didn't she? They didn't know it, but she was setting them up for something good. She was setting them up for something that would change their lives. And today the Holy Spirit is setting you up for something that can change your life. Let Jesus take that cleansing brush and scrub the scum and algae off our shells and make all the difference in the world we live in and the world to come. If you don't know Jesus today, all oh, you're missing out on everything. You're not just missing out on eternal life. You're missing out on everything. He has everything, more than you could ask or think. But you have to know Him to start experiencing that. If you don't know Him today, as our congregation just bows our head, close, close your eyes at this moment, could you just raise your hand if you say, you know what, I want to be saved. I want Jesus in my heart. Yes, yes, yes. I see hands going up everywhere. Thank you. Thank you, and you can put it down now. You can put your hand down now. Thank you very much. You know, every age group nearly was represented right there in that moment, which is so beautiful because Pastor Jeff was speaking about the generations that are to come. The youngest that raised their hand is our next generation. It's important we reach them all today. So could we all pray with these and believe with these out loud? Thank you, God for sending Jesus to show me the way, the truth, the life that I can live fully functional in your kingdom. I repent, forgive me of my sins. Wash me, wash off all the scum of my life. Make me new in Jesus' name, amen, amen. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.